Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. I'm joined here by Caden, and we're going to be doing our Premier League panel series. We are missing out on Thane, Brady, and Brandon, um, but they will definitely be back on, you know, probably next week. Um, you know, then they'll catch you up on their clubs and what they're thinking and their perspectives and stuff, but we wanted to get this episode out, you know, kind of because it's almost towards the end of the week, um, and, you know, the match day, exactly. uh, match day five is going to be starting soon. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be discussing, obviously, week four or match day four of the Premier League. Um, I'll just briefly go over my club, uh, Arsenal, the Gunners. Um, Honestly, really good game. Game of the week. Game um, of the week. We we did dominate attacking possession. Uh, we won 3-1. Player of the match for me was Odegaard because he responded to that Rashford, Rashford goal mm. a minute later. Yeah. Literally a minute later. And it was a nice form uh, goal by Odegaard. I think it's just, if he can just keep racking those Honestly, up. Honestly, uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with you at all on, on him being your man of the match. But I would have to say that my man of the match was uh, was Gabriel Martinelli. That matchup between Gabriel Martinelli and Aaron Juan Basaka on that left side, left wing versus left back, what a battle, man. What a battle. Aaron Juan Basaka, I feel like he's one of the rare players in the league that you see lets his let let's he does his talking on the pitch, you know what I mean? He's not a, a loud mouth off the pitch, doesn't have a bunch of allegations against him. You know, he just goes out there, plays football, makes mistakes here and there, but overall, kind of quality left back. And Martinelli, kind of the same way. Doesn't do a lot of talking, lets his play do the talking for him, and this was no different. That entire matchup was the best part about this entire game, except for the last couple minutes. And Marcus Rashford was... Kind of doing the this, the same thing with, with Ben White, except it wasn't really that much of a matchup. wasn't really that much of a fight. Marcus Rashford was kind of just laying pipe down on Ben White that entire game. And the only... Uh, honestly, I do feel like Rashford could have had a better game, though. Especially when Rasmus Hojlund got, got subbed in. And uh, that, that first... Uh, one of the first chances that you got to see... Uh, or that you got to see Hojlund's pace and he had to show off what he can really do on the pitch with a nice little breakaway Marcus Rashford had the ball and instead of you know uh, passing it into the wide open streaking uh, looking like fast as shit Rasmus Hojlin down the center he decided to go to the 1v3 and test his luck in a 1v3 didn't really work out that well for him just turned it into a squandered attempt but I love to see that off-ball movement from Rasmus Hojland. And especially from someone who's so young and has so much money riding on him. I'm not the biggest Man United fan, but I like to see good players make good plays. And I like, especially like to see the young players make good plays. And he was balling. Like, in his, in his own right, he did, he kind of, he had the shot, uh, kind of squandered a little bit of a shot on goal that... Could have been better, but could have been a better pass. It was kind of an awkward position that he was in front of the net. And I feel like it would have been saved anyway. But uh, a lot of people, I feel like, were, were down on him on his on his debut. Especially right after the match. My brother was, was talking about how he wished he could have done more. I feel like it was just enough. You know, he was subbed in with about 32 minutes left. Uh, taking Anthony Martial's spot, who's another thing we can talk about. And that's who he doesn't want to become. 
He doesn't want to become Anthony Martial. He doesn't want to become what once was a very promising wonder kid into a guy who rides the bench and starts in games where they have absolutely no one else to play. You know what I mean? And that was the reason why Martial started. And honestly, like, he could have done worse. He really could have. But he definitely could have done better. And I'm not going to say it was a top-class performance by Martial, but I feel like it's been a lot better than what we've been seeing out of him, what we're used to seeing out of him for, from these past two seasons. I mean, he's been absolutely vacant at that at that striker position uh, for, almost since the time he joined Man United. And like I was saying, going back to Rasmus Hojlund, that is exactly what he does not want to become. And if he keeps on bringing up and, and doing his, his the good off-ball movement that he showed that all that game, the entire game, then I feel like they do have a special player on their hand. But I don't think he's worth the $92 million that they paid for. You know, I, I feel like that was a little bit of an overstep. Especially, you know, that's an overstep for a guy who had like eight goals and six assists last year. $92 million? Are you kidding me? That's insane. That is it's insane. a lot of money. But... The best part and my favorite part of the entire game was Declan Rice. He had a wonderful showing, especially that that pat that that last cross and even before that last that last cross was or that last corner was in play. They showed a video of a bunch of uh, or they, they were showing live coverage of Arsenal fans walking out of the arena right before the corner, and. I was, I, I kind of understood, at the time I was understanding, I was like, you know, they want to get caught up in traffic, they don't want to do this, don't want to do that, and I did that one time for uh, a concert I went to, and it was one of the biggest mistakes I I, wanted, I, I made, because my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs played, like, right after I left, and this was kind of the same story, they were late, they were leaving, two minutes later, Declan Rice, the guy they just paid $105 million for, chest the corner, smashes it right past Andre Onana, and the rest is history. And um, honestly, the rest isn't history because one more thing happened in that game. Gabriel Jesus gets subbed on, goes for a, a, a streaking run down the center, catches, the, catches Johnny Evans off guard, and guess what? That's another goal. And, you know, I'm, I'm an AC Milan fan, and uh, I have a, a hatred for Andre Onana, just for what he was able to do with Inter Milan and the last couple games, all, all the games that Andre Onana started against AC Milan, he kept a clean sheet, especially the two games that were in the Champions League semifinals. So I've just I've grown a, a disliking to Andre Onana, so I like to see him on his downfall. And that might be fucked up, but hey, that's what you get, man. That's that's what you get for keeping a clean sheet against my team. But um, honestly, all in all. The most exciting game of the weekend, without a doubt. And you guys have so much, so much to be proud of. And uh, I know, I know you, you, uh, you were talking a little bit about Saka. And would you sell Saka if this were to happen? Would you sell Saka if that were to happen? This wasn't the best game from Saka. I feel like he could have had a lot better game. And I, I would like to ask you, now that we're on the podcast, I saw this, I saw this, this uh, question come up earlier. Would you rather win the league or sell Saka? That doesn't even make any sense. Win the league. What? Win the league. You're on mess. Win the league or sell Saka? Win the league. 
You're on meth. I'm winning. If it what? gets me to win, I'm, I'm winning. Win Liga Sasaka. Rams me- Rams method of success. Oh my god. Sell it all. I don't no. care. You have Mar- you have Mikel Arteta. I don't no. give a fuck who's on the pitch, bro. No. He'll make you look good. No. He's a Kyle Shanahan. You can win so much more with Saka. If if you talking about one league, one league title. Oh, I mean, I guess, but one league title. I don't know. I, I if they can win. That's, that's just great. Star Boy. Y'all can win it with him. I think Odegaard's the star boy. Fuck no, Saka. I mean, yeah, he is, but Saka is the man with the fucking... No, don't get me wrong. They're all fire, but honestly, if one player getting rid of... I don't don't think that's like selling my child. That's that's what this guy was talking about. Uh, They were were, were doing... I don't even have a child, but I don't think it's anything. They were doing in London, and they asked that question, and everyone was like... Absolutely not. That's like selling my son. And well, I mean, like selling my own child. Obviously, those people have a lot more of a connection to Arsenal than I do. But if it, if any equation equates to more winning, like I'm doing it. No, like, but the equation to more winning is keeping your wonder kids, keeping your best players. But the question is either win season. the league or that's one season. Y'all can win Champions League with Saka. That's just win. You said just win the league. Win the league a singular time. Oh, I mean, that's what the Rams did. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for them? They've Stetson Bennett. <laughs> not very good. Not very good at all. But uh, I guess we can move on to some of the more, some of the more, uh, or the, the later games. That was actually the most recent game. But uh, first, first game of the week was Lutton Town versus West Ham, and you know, not a bad showing from from Lucas Paqueta, the man who almost got sold for. Weirdly enough, $100 million to, to Man- the Manchester City uh, at the end of that transfer window, which is absolutely asinine. In what world is he worth $100 million? I get it, he's good. I'm not paying more than $50 million. I'm not paying more than, than $55 million for Lucas Paqueta. To, in all seriousness, I, I wish we were still in the days where $50 million would get you a quality, world-class player. Now you got to pay $100 million if you want some guys to go out there and get you 15, 15 go involvements, there you go. There's there's uh, there's a hundred million dollars right there for you. And Jared Bowen's been snapping for for West Ham as well. You know he he's been kind of the secret signing of the summer, along with James Ward Prowse, who's also been balling for West Ham. And that whole West Ham team, man, they're looking better without Declan Rice. They really are. And that is weird to say because Declan Rice is the wonder kid for them. And um, yeah, I was I'm, I was gonna move into the Sheffield United versus Everton game, but I don't even want to. I really don't even want to. Those are two relegation teams right there. And uh, so instead, I'm gonna move into Manchester City versus Fulham, and just another early Holland hat trick, <laughs> absolute masterclass, striking masterclass. One of them was a penalty. Other ones were just beautiful goals, especially another one was in uh, extra time, nine, 90 plus five minutes. And even Ake had an extra extra time goal in in uh, the, the first half. And Julian Alvarez, uh, another one of those guys that you could just, almost unreplaceable. You know what I mean? Just one young kid from, from I think he's like 21 years old, 20 years old from Argentina. He's already almost won it all. He's almost, I'm pretty sure he's already completed club football, which is insane. He might even been completed football because he won 
he won um, the World Cup, so I'm pretty sure he's already completed football at the age of 20. It took Messi just completed football. Messi just completed football when he won the World Cup. Julian Alvarez completed at 20. That is insane. But my favorite part of this entire game, and if you're from America, this should be your favorite part as well. Tim Ream. Tim Ream, the man who sold the penalty against Gareth Bale in this in the World Cup against against Wales in the group stage, goes out there and gets a goal against the reigning Champions League winners, the reigning Premier League winners, the reigning FA Cup winners, Manchester City. He goes out there and drops his American nuts on their forehead. And honestly, I loved it. I it's really just Tim it. Ream. It is. It is just Tim Ream and Anton Robinson. You know, he's, he's been having some good showings here and there, but I do think he might be on the verge of that benching spot. Tim Ream, though, is earning his stripes at 31 years old. Tim he's, Ream. He's in his prime at 31 years. He hasn't been playing this good as, in his entire life, and he's in his prime at 31 years old. Hopefully that means something good for U.S. men team, who are actually moving into the, um, we're moving into the international break here, a quick little international break. There, there won't be... Won't be football until September sixteenth. So what is that? Like, it's like two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks, and uh, gives us Inter- some time to cover some football, and it gives us some time to cover some international stuff, uh, which is going on with the U.S. men teams playing. Uh, the Euro qualifiers are going on this weekend. All in all, just some cool stuff. If you're excited for your country, which you should be, who isn't excited for their country? You're just downright unpatriotic if you're not but um i'll move on to another one of my favorite games of the weekend which was burnley versus tottenham that was an exciting ecstatic game uh sucks for vincent company dropping these points as a manager i really did love him as as a center back under pep guardiola one of the best uh premier league captains in premier league history really know how to rally his team around him you know just bring the change the entire game just by him speaking words so he is just the perfect like the perfect archetype to be a manager to be a, to be a player coach you know what i mean and his first year, i believe it was his first year coaching takes his uh, promotes his team to the to the to the premier league in his first year coaching that's what that pep guardiola ball will do to you he's one of his disciples and he comes into the premier league his first game was against Pep Guardiola, and they lost. Pretty much, obviously, they're going to lose. But this game, I thought they'd have a little bit more of a chance. I was going in there where you're thinking Tottenham were going to win, and you know they, they did win, and they won handily. And one of my favorite players in the entire world, Quinn Min Sung, had a hat trick. And honestly, it was due to that new position they were playing him at. Ange Postecoglou, the new manager... Seems like he's a lot more offensively minded uh, than than Antonio Conte, and I love what he's been changing in the lineup to adjust to his different players' strengths. You know, bringing in guys like to to start like Solomon. You know, elevating Christian Romero to be what we always knew he could be, <clears throat> and getting Son off that left wing spot, realizing where Charleston is not performing at striker. To the to the, any of the degree that he should be performing with the money they paid for him, so hey, why not throw Quinn Son? He actually has the perfect archetype for be a striker in my opinion. I think he has the perfect body type. He has the mindset, the finishing ability, 
the attacking prowess to be a striker. And it was all on display that weekend. He had some snipers into the back of the net. Talk about a sniper. James Madison had an absolute beauty into the back. Honestly, all these goals were, were, were beautiful. The first goal from Sonny chipped the keeper. That you know, doesn't get cooler than that, except for a, some sort of flying, cool-ass kick. Uh, James Madison had the one-touch sniper from from, uh, from diagonal from the goal, almost outside the box. And Christian Romero had basically the exact same thing. And all in all, just a great showing from Tottenham. A lot better than what we've seen out of them under Conte. And I love Jose Mourinho, but even Jose Mourinho could not get this team to rally behind him. Ange Postecoglou is the man to do it. The man with the plan for Tottenham. And I, I, I feel good for, for the Tottenham fans just because I feel like they haven't had that guy to rally around for a while. They've gotten these promising names like Conte, like Mourinho. Uh, I forget the other guy's name. But um, they've had these promising names around the club for quite some time. And it seems like it's never been able to work. And Ange Postecoglou coming off of two seasons back-to-back winning Eredivisie with, uh, I believe, Ajax. And, you know, he's been showing that he can, he has what it takes to move this club forward. Hopefully take this club to the next level and win them a trophy. What they so desire for so long. Uh, you just gotta give these fans a trophy. That's all they want. They won the Tiger Cup in, in, uh... In uh, preseason, which is a nice little preseason cup, doesn't mean anything. It means less than nothing. It really does. It means less than nothing. And these fans were ecstatic for winning the fucking Tiger Cup in Asia. These, like, give them something, man. Give, and they they have the quality roster to go out even without Kane. And I feel like they have, they're gonna have a lot more money, especially uh, mid transfer window. And hopefully they can drop the bag on some on some players and <clears throat> really turn themselves into the next step. You know what I mean? They need that next step to get into European football, to win a European trophy. And, you know, they I feel they, they would definitely be happy with a domestic trophy, FA Cup, EFL Cup, you know, <clears throat> one of those two. They've already been knocked out of the Carabao Cup. So I, I just realizing that now, that they've already been knocked out of the Carabao Cup, which is so Tottenham-like. And mm-hmm. it, was by, it was by Fulham. And they, they did not deserve that fate at all. They really didn't. And that was the first thing where I was kind of iffy on Ange Postecoglou. That's the only really setback I've seen him have with his team so far. But I think they'll get over. I think they'll get past, especially with this showing that they showed on this weekend. And if they keep on playing like that, and if Son keeps up that, that high-level intensity that I know he can play at, then we're looking at a special team. We're looking at possibly a trophy-winning team. But that's I feel like that's that's pretty much it for for Tottenham. We can move into I'm not, I'm not gonna cover Chelsea too much. So I want Thane to to get his two cents in whenever he's next on the pod. But they went against Nottingham Forest. Jerry, do you know what happened in this game? No. So you, you have you ever heard of Nottingham Forest? Yeah. Okay. Who do you think would win that game? Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. Chelsea. They ended up losing one nil to Nottingham Forest. Wow, <clears throat> they've spent more more than a billion dollars these past two two transfer windows, and they spent what six hundred million this one <laughs> for them to go out there and lose lose to Nottingham Forest. 
You know what's crazy? Not even force. The Rowdies were down one nil. The Rowdies were down one nil, and that's. I feel like you already you already went on to the Rowdies could beat Chelsea. Rounds. Okay. You know the what? Rowdies gonna, could beat Chelsea. I'm gonna, move, I'm gonna move past that right quick and just I go want them into, to play right now at Al Lang. See who would win. What what I what I really Force like Lasso. to see out of some of the signings from Nottingham Forest, they've had a sneaky, a very sneaky transfer window, bringing in quality players like Ilanga, uh, Gibbs White. Uh, I can't even pronounce that one guy's name. I'm not gonna lie. And Ilanga had a shown the Swede uh, coming off of a not a very impressive stint with Manchester United. I always liked what he could do. And his abilities, his technical abilities, and they were on full display this weekend. Full display. And I saw him just tear apart Mikhail Mudrik, who was a former $100 million transfer to, to, to Chelsea last, last summer transfer window. And honestly, I feel like I could, I could do like a whole five-minute segment on why I think Mudrik is shit. <laughs> I really could. He does not deserve, or at, this, at least at this point in his career, he should not be in the Premier League. He shouldn't be. It's just not good for him. It's not good for him at all. It's not good for his development. It's not good for his social standings. It's not good for his morale. It's not good for How his development. He? He's young. He's like 20, I, I, I think. And he's, he's played like 18 games for them. Hasn't scored a single goal in 18 games. $100 million? Are you kidding me? Yikes. Are you kidding me? Christian Pulisic... We bought him for $20 million. He scored two. Two goals in two games for, for AC Milan. That was his replacement. Mudrik was his replacement. Wow. <clears throat> and I'm not saying Pulisic had the best season last year. But Pulisic is, would be doing better than Mudrik. The, from what I saw, Mudrik is one of the worst wingers. One of the worst starting wingers in the Premier League. He was just giving the ball up to Alanga, of all, of all people, who's... Not a defensive player at yeah. all. Doesn't have good defense. Was giving up the ball. Had bad touch. Bad vision. Uh, taking on the unprecedented 1v2s for no reason. And he, you can just see that his play style does not match what's happening right now for the Premier League. He needs to change his mentality. And it's the same shit that we see with all these players that they have it. They do. Richarlson, he has it. Pulisic, he has it. Cal Jennings, he has it. Okay, they don't know it. They don't. <laughs> people don't watching this don't know who they are. Uh, Mudrik, he has it. You know, Alenga, he has it. But they only can show what they have if you are behind them. The fans hated Pulisic last year. What did he do? He had one of his worst years of his entire career. The fans do not like Richarlson. He's having some of the worst years of his entire professional career. And same things happened with Elango. He was at United. He wasn't performing. And now the same things happened with Mudrik. We're seeing a guy who, when fueled by the fans, when he plays for his country, he balls. Because people are behind him. People wear his number and his name on their back with pride. You know what I mean? They're happy to spend that $150 to buy that player jersey. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're not just going to be like, ah, I don't want him. I'm just going to buy someone else. They want Mudrik. You know what I mean? On, on that Ukrainian jersey. And that's why I feel like he does so good for his country. That's why you see with Charleston doing so good for his country. Because he has he feels like he's playing for a purpose. And if you can get that purpose, that fire under the belly, like I feel like when I when I see Christian Pulisic play right now, 
I feel like he's playing for a purpose and he knows he's playing for a purpose. He knows his purpose. He's found it out in AC Milan. He really has. Or at least this year he has. And we're not seeing that with Modric. We're not seeing that development. The, the, the crucial points that you see for youngsters that they need that you know Saka had. Saka had the development from the fans to push him where he is today. He missed those crucial penalties. And the, the, everybody hated him. People were, were shit-talking. We were trash-talking him. But then he started to perform a little bit. People saw what he had. Arsenal fans got behind him and said, hey, I, I support this kid. This is my wonder kid. This is my boy. And he got better. He developed. You know, he, he was in a system where they believed in him. And if we're seeing this repetitive, repetitive thing with Chelsea, where they bring in these young boys for all this money, and it's not working out time and time again, some of the only times we're seeing it work out is with Enzo Fernandez, hopefully with Moises Caicedo, Romeo Lavia, probably not even going to see the pitch. It's going to be a backup. $58 million backup. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, ugh. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's enough for that little rant on Chelsea. Uh, I might be going a little bit too hard in on them. And uh, I feel like I feel like Dane can probably cover a little bit, little bit better than I can. But um, another, another team we could talk about is Brighton versus Newcastle. There were three. There were three hat tricks on the same day. One by Holland, one by Sun, and one by an 18-year-old named Evan Ferguson. The Irish international goes out there, gets a hat trick for, for Brighton, and before, and this is not against a, a rollover team. This is against Newcastle United. 3-1 against Newcastle United. And I remember uh, during this during this, um, d- during this transfer window, there were, there were talks all, all around Brighton. You know, they, were, they were selling, they sold Caicedo. Uh, about a, I don't know if they sold or they were about to sell Encicio. Uh, but, you know, they're just offloading all these guys for all this money. And Evan Ferguson was no different. There were talks around him going for $110 million. He's 18 years old. $110 million. And who knows what the, what price tag they're going to put on Kairou Mitoma when they're ready to sell him. They're just fleecing everybody. They're fleecing everyone, and they're they're getting away with it. And nobody cares. Nobody cares <laughs> at all. But, you know, not to say that they are developing good talent. Moises Caicedo, good player. Kairou Mitoma, one of the best wingers in the world. Evan Ferguson just now gets a hat trick in the Premier League against a top-five team. And Newcastle's defense... One of the best in the league, going with the likes of Dan Byrne, Kieran Trippier, Matt Target, with of course the man in net, Nick Pope. You know this is not some rollover defense. This is Newcastle United, and for him to come in there, dice up that defense all day long, be an everlasting problem for Newcastle United at 18 years of age. I'm ready to see what he's going to do next week. And that is what I should be happy for. I should be ready for that. And if you're buying a $100 million man, you should be seeing that he can he can do these things. You know what I mean? We were seeing with Mudrik. Mudrik could score a hat-trick in the Ukrainian league. You know what I mean? He's actually scoring hat-tricks in Premier League. So I think this might be the one time that we're seeing an 18-year-old go for $120, $125 million, And I'm going to say I'm all for it. I'm going to say that was a good transfer. I'm backing it. Because I'm high on Evan, Evan Ferguson. And I thought it was pretty funny. They were asking him today about uh, would you ever switch your allegiances over? Because he can play for both teams. He can play for England and he can play for Ireland. 
he chooses to play for Ireland right now because he can't really start on the the England team. But I feel that that's what I thought the other day. You know, when I realized he played for Ireland, and I was just thinking that that was my that was my thought process and everything because we've seen multiple multiple star Irish athletes like uh, like Declan Rice, like Jack Grealish. Guys who have been transferred for a hundred more than hundred million dollars over the past, go to switch over switch their allegiances to England. And Evan Ferguson was in a in a, a little interview. The, uh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. They were asking, "Would you ever switch allegiances? Would you ever go to England?" And he said, "Hell, nah. I would never be allowed back in Ireland ever again if I did that." And I respect the fuck out of that. For him to stand his ground with someone he a team that he knows is the worst team. Probably doesn't have a lot, a big shot of, of, of even making it into the World Cup. And he wants to stay by his team, wants to stay by his country. I have all the respect for that. And we don't see uh, Irish internationals performing like they're performing. You know what I mean? You want to talk about Rowdy's players. Jordan Doherty's one of those guys. Um, but uh, I feel like that's, that's enough on Brighton. We can move into my club, Liverpool versus Aston Villa. And this was a good showing. This was a very good game. I did not think it was going to be this close. We kept the clean sheet, which I'm extremely happy about. Again, against the likes of Zaniolo, Musa Diaby, uh, Austin Watkins, and Matty Cash. You know these guys are are, are, are going dumb. And and the the, the pass the pass forward the offensive mindedness of the center back of Pau Torres. You know, he, he's been making good, good passes for them for the, these past couple weeks, making good defensive plays as well. For us to just cut through their back line like that and abuse a World Cup winning keeper like Emi Martinez, it was it was the most Liverpool thing I could see. And it started off, we started off the scoring in the third minute with an absolute laser into the back of the net from Dominic Sobozlai, one of the signings of the summer. And then Matty Cash gets a, a stupid little own goal. Uh, it, it is what it is. I, I hate to get points by an own goal. And honestly, it wouldn't even matter if, if we got it or not because we still ended up winning at keeping the clean sheet. And uh, my boy Allison was tough at work again with three saves. A couple shots on target here and there. But um, honestly, just such a lackluster performance from... From Aston Villa, we dominated them in possession with sixty four percent. We had we uh, we had seventeen shots to their nine. Uh, it was just honestly, we, we were a lot more undisciplined as well, a lot more undisciplined. We only we had almost twice as many, twice as many, um, what is it? Tw- twice as many fouls as them, and it, it didn't really seem like. Jurgen Klopp was 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 you know disciplining his boys or, or telling telling them to you know be more disciplined, especially towards the end of the game where you could see the players kind of getting a little bit more fed up. Just wanted the game to end. It, it was um, frustrating at times, but you really can't get mad when you're looking at that scoreboard and it says three 0 Ever you can't get mad ever. And uh, low key Jurgen Klopp. He might be one of the best Premier League coaches of all time. The way he changes, he constantly, constantly changes up our 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 um, our formations. Not just with when we're playing, but I saw 
you know, we started Darwin Nunez, thank God. And you know, I saw sometimes I, I would see Mo Salah drop into the striker position and, and Nunez drop into the winger position. Like, on field, you could just see him, you know, pointing, 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 telling his guys where to go because he knows every inch of the pitch in the back of his head. He's got it in the back of his head. And that is so special, so special. You see guys like Pep Guardiola doing this, Eric Ten Hag doing this, Mikel Arteta doing this, Xavi doing this. Only world-class managers are doing this. And Jurgen Klopp is on that list. And he's such a special manager. And he, honestly, talking about man of the match, he's my man of the match. He is my man of the match for, for Liverpool. And that is pretty much all I have to say for this Premier League uh, match day. I feel like we'll cover a lot more next next week because we'll hopefully we'll have a little bit, you know, a little bit short staff right now. Hopefully we have everybody on, talk about their, their respective clubs. And we'll catch up regarding week four, maybe like, the you know, if Thane, Rush, or Brady hops mm-hmm. on, they'll talk about their teams week four and then week five as well to catch them up so you guys have context. And obviously, you know, one of these teams may be like one of the teams you follow. So definitely make sure you're following us on all of our social media at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Our first couple videos should be up now. Uh, that's also Tea Time Reports. All the support and um, all that kind of stuff is greatly appreciated. You know, especially if you download or follow the show on wherever you're listening to this episode on. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And Caden, thanks for hopping on this episode. Thank you for having me, bud. Um, definitely, we do we do apologize for a little bit of inconsistency. It's just work, school, all the schedules kind of being mixed up. It's a lot to kind of get in one straight line, but hopefully yeah. we'll get a groove in here and uh, get get, in, get to knocking out some more content. So thank you everyone out there, especially all of our day one uh, kind of people out there. We, de- we greatly appreciate you. And uh, thank you again, Caden. Oh, yeah. Peace.